0: Thanks so much to Jim Silva. Links to more information about the topics he mentions can be found in today's show notes. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. Um, if you don't mind just introducing yourself with your name and pronouns and just a bit about yourself.
1: Yes. Hi, uh, I'm Jim Silva. Uh, my pronoun is he, him. I live in South Medford. I'm a resident for the last uh, 18 years of South Medford. Um, I grew up there and left in the late 70s and went uh, and searched the world. <laughs> so I lived in the city of Boston for a long time. I uh, lived in New York City as well. And uh, came back to Medford, uh, purchased my folks home in South Medford back in 2004 and um, started really involving myself in community. Um, I started the South Medford Residents Together organization because we had a mothball school in South Medford, two of them actually, the Lincoln Kennedy. And the concern was some of the zoning aspects, it was ambiguous. We didn't know what was gonna be there. So we collaborated. And from there, it sort of parlayed into the need to advocate for city services, and ultimately other things started to arrive with that.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, It's been a pretty interesting journey, one that I never thought I would be on, but it's really amazing when you immerse yourself in community, what you find and what you learn. And, you know, the fabric in South Medford is so varied and so wonderful. Mm. So it's, it's really been a great experience and continues to be. Um, I was one of the founding members of Safe Medford uh, in 2017, uh, paused for Medford in 2016 to get our first dog park built in Medford. Um, I think there's uh, a need for equity. We all have our children and some of us have those children that need to have their own playgrounds. So it was a it was really a wonderful experience as well. Yeah. Um, been part of Charter Review since 2013. Mm. Uh, I have gone through this for a number of years and really uh, there's a value in educating folks about uh, review and what review means. It doesn't necessarily mean a change of, of legislation or the way that we do our business but oftentimes it amends or improves upon something so that's really really sort of what I feel I've helped to advocate, but also to educate people. Um, you know, every city has a right to review, so people need to realize that.
0: Mm.
1: And I've been on the GLX, the Green Line Extension, since 2017. Um, I was the co-chair of Parking Policy and Enforcement for Mayor Longo-Karin, and I'm a former member of Arts Collaborative. Mm. Uh, uh, part of the group who was uh, advocating for Medford's first art center, which is coming together here on Mystic Avenue in South Medford, uh, just recently the news has been put out. I think you met with Laurel Siegel. So yeah, yeah. very exciting,
0: awesome. Well, Jim, I know you wear a lot of hats, and I, I appreciate your reflection on what it feels like to be immersed in the community, and that's definitely something I'm experiencing by talking to so many folks uh, within Medford and. Your name certainly comes up a lot. Um, so hopefully we'll flush out some of those things that you uh, brought up, some of the different, um, different places where you have your, uh, your pause. And, um, but we, I, I always try to start out the, each episode with a question about food. So um, if you don't mind sharing what your favorite place to eat is in Medford and what you like to eat
1: there. Well, there is Carol's and I love the oysters mm-hmm. and I love the South Medford drink which is just amazing. Um, it's something I collaborate with. And so you have to go, you have to have the oysters and you have to try the South Medford drink.
0: What is the South Medford drink?
1: I can't tell you, it's a, secret, oh.
0: it's a secret.
1: So, but really it just works well. And All right. it's, it, it allows us to celebrate South Medford. Um, I love Semolina Kitchen. I spend a lot of time there. I love Tasty on the Hill for breakfast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love Oasis down the end of my street. Um, when I feel like I need to have a meat fix, mm-hmm. it's really wonderful. Colette's Bakery. Yeah. It's another. I try to avoid that a lot unless I walk backwards really quickly to kind of burn off some of that. But so I have a lot of places. I love Snappy Patties. I love Bistro Five. Mm-hmm. But... Those are my favorites. Yeah. I eat a lot. I go out a lot. I spend a lot of time, um, you know, at the Danish pastry. They have great coffee. Um, and certainly once in a while I do partake in the pastry, so, <laughs> quite a yeah. few plates.
0: Hard to choose, yeah. And I think restaurant week is coming up. Is this next week? Or-
1: we actually had Shop the Squares. Um, <laughs> I'm also, I'm sorry, I'm on the Chamber of Commerce. I'm <laughs> on the board of directors and we had shot the squares in february and it was where people would go and go to restaurants and some of the other locations actually mm. uh, it was really a great way to sort of bring people out um, as we were kind of winding down from the pandemic and um you know It was good. It was a very successful program. We're just going to build on it every year, uh, time of year, but it's really wonderful when people can get out and explore and discover some other places and we're discovering it too. And it just opens up, um, you know, places that we would never imagine.
0: Yeah. You're hoping to win those Jonathan Van Ness tickets for sure. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was fun. That was actually really fun to participate. And we like, I think we found out about it kind of late in the month. And so you're we like, oh, these are all places that we would normally go to. So <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. Awesome, um, great. So I know there, there's a couple of sort of like timely things we could talk about. So the Line extension, and I know the parking parking changes are happening. Um, so is there, is there one that you'd like to talk about first?
1: Well, they are kind of together. Uh, GLX Green Line Extension um, was uh, this ruling that was done in 2007. The state agreed upon the Conservation Law Foundation had filed suit, big dig mitigation. And the Green Line was part of that mitigation, part of that agreement. Um, ultimately, it was uh, a plan to go to Route 16. We're hopeful it will continue on the phase two part of that. But it's currently seven new stations from Leechmere which is a, a renewed leechmere across the street, up to Medford Tufts, and also a spur to Union Square, which is opening this Monday. So after all of this time and our monthly meetings, uh, we've been able to actually See something on Monday to get on this train to be able to ride. And the convenience factor is so important. There's so many people in the city of Medford, like 20, more than 25% of our community takes public transportation or walks or bikes. And equity is important, um, quality of, of air. Uh, you know, quality of life with traffic, the convenience factor, a commute should not take you forever. So I'm someone who rides the green line, I'm someone who rides, I have clients in in. Uh, in my own business, I do technology support and development, and a lot of clients here in the city. Um, I took, you know, the bus and the orange line this morning. So I'm always on public transportation, I think it is such an important balance, it provides people with an option.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my role in this, I am the I split my time at the Ball Square station with my Somerville counterpart, Jennifer Dawson, um, we've worked to ensure that people in community were notified when there was closures, specifically the Broadway Bridge. We worked with the businesses. We try to advocate for the businesses throughout both communities. Um, and an interesting part about the Ball Square Station is 95% of the station sits in the city of Medford. So we're also working on trying to actually have a sign that says South Medford under the Ball Square. If you're familiar with Davis Square, it has Tufts University. And they make an announcement when you come into the station, because it's important both communities shared that load and shared that responsibility so we want to share that name. Uh, It won't be on a map but ultimately we're hopeful again, it will be announced as you come into the station. Um, Interestingly enough, three of the stations are identified as Medford Station Two sit in the city of Medford, but Magoon Square for the lower Main Street uh, is really a walk to station. So we look at this when we're doing wayfinding and working with Walk Metford to sort of identify that so people understand what the walking sort of locations are and, and pointing people into that direction. As somebody who works in the Chamber of Commerce, I think it's important for businesses to be part of this process because that opens up their possibility to a whole new group of people who who are from some of them who might transport to say to go to Colette's bakery or to go and visit Oasis if they're having their meat moment. And you know, so this is great sort of process. And it was an opportunity as me as a liaison to work with community people, to advocate for the construction noise, to to mitigate any kind of problems that would possibly happen from construction. Um, This project was interesting because it was not only by building a green line or a rapid transit, it was actually rebuilding a commuter rail. So it was two systems built simultaneously. And as we always said in our meetings, you know, the, the GLXC people, the contractors, they have never built in an urban area like this, the density, the noise, those kind of things. So we learn together and what could work and what doesn't, Mm. and we tweak things accordingly. And every month we meet, uh, it's open to the public, and we're continuing to do this until the Medford-Tuff station opens in late August of this year. Um, But we also then meet with the mayor of Medford. We met with Mayor Burke before Mayor Longo Curran, and we talk about and discuss issues. We talk about Uh, Issues that are related to uh, pedestrian egress, uh, safety, um, all of those things, traffic mitigation, to things such as where is the Uber and Lyft, you know, space is going to be in relation to the station, Um, you know, from the beginning in 2007 when this was approved to 2022, the world has changed. The way that people do that last mile is different. We didn't have ride sharing in 2007. So now that's something that needs to be. So it's been an ongoing dynamic process. Mm. uh, It's again, it's been a great way to keep people informed, um, but also opening up people's eyes to the possibility of issues with um, affordability. Mm -hmm. And so housing issues and things that will change. These product, you know, these projects are built for people who depend on public transportation, but oftentimes people are tossed to the side because they can't, it becomes an affordability issue. Mm -hmm. So that has been on our mind as well and part of our process.
0: Can you say again, where is this, where the stops for the Green Line will be in Medford? Sure.
1: So it'd be Medford Tufts, which is right at College Avenue. So if you If you go by the new Cummings building, uh, if you're coming up College Avenue to Boston Ave, Mm -hmm. it's right on your right-hand side as you're coming up College Ave. If you're coming from Boston Ave up from Harvard Street, Mm -hmm. it's it's straight ahead as you pass towards the Hillside Shopping District. It's on your right. While Square Station is off of Boston Avenue, there's an egress from the ground level Um, from Boston Ave. And there's one from the Broadway Bridge, which will bring you to uh, a lobby, which will have stairs that go down to the station and also elevator down. Um, Because we have, most stations have two elevators in case one is out for people with mobility issues, but because Ball Square is at grade one of the entrances, we only have one elevator. We have some beautiful art um, on the elevators themselves. they're just, we have stained glass and uh, it's, just, it's just beautifully done. We have an opportunity, there's a substation there, a DC Power substation. And we're looking, the city of Medford, uh, collaborating with the city of Somerville to do a community canvas, the possibility of, of doing some type of muraling or something of that nature. And it's, it's really early on. The way the T handles this is usually they wait for the station to be in working for about a year up and running and then they sort of go the next step. And there's a huge parcel in front of the station on Boston Avenue that is going to be a transit oriented development. We don't know what that looks like. And as I said, the T generally waits until things are up and running and what needs to be tweaked and what, etc. But that's just how they do it. And we have more information if you, if you email me at jfsilva at smrto.org org i can point you to these different locations about real estate and how the key uh, kind of works with people in developing and what the criteria for development is and who's the market segment that they are really interested in working with mm-hmm. so they're very thoughtful in their approach and uh, but it would really be helpful for people mm-hmm. um, There's also some issues along the corridor that we're putting onto the city website um, because of the light rail vehicles are overhead with with electric uh, propulsion. There's a concern if there's any construction within 30 feet of the right-of-way, you have to get a special permit. Mm -hmm. So the city of Medford will have that as part of their criteria for any work along there but these are the things that we've been able to take to community to tell folks along the corridor that this is something they need to be aware of and we're learning as we go along but these are an important part of a working group as a a liaison
0: yeah what are you most excited about for the green line coming me first
1: um, I do love the 101. It's, you know, it's beautiful. It's like being in Ikea with the blue and yellow at the interior of the bus, but I prefer to just <laughs> train. Yeah. Um, so from, from my perspective, it's, it, it's a convenience factor. I have a cluster of, of at Leishmia station at what Point, there are a number of uh, condo buildings I'm the IT person for the management of those buildings. Mm. So I, being on this committee, I've been able to help them navigate through that and keep people on the green line aware about those folks in those communities. So I'll be able to get off there and get off at Science Park slash West End, similar to Ball Square slash South Medford, <laughs> but have uh, folks in there and North Station. So. Along the line, it will be for me personally wonderful. But I also think we are having the E train, and what the E train ends at Heath Street, it will allow us to go to the Museum of Fine Arts with we'll just get on a train, get off a train.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My accent comes back every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <Sweller. true>.
0: yeah. <laughs> no, I, I always like, I work in Central Square in Cambridge, and the commute to get there is. I was like riding my bike to the Orange Line. And it, would, it would take me, it would add so much time to my commute. So this is exciting to hear about, yeah.
1: Interestingly, my house is 0. 0.7 miles from Davis Square subway station. I live in Medford. And so every morning there's numerous people that walk by my house that are going to the subway. Um, my friends live up on Broadway near Trump Field and I'm actually closer to Davis Square than they are. And there are some of the restaurant residents. Mm. So, you know, it's interesting how, Commuting is, but the, the red line has been an amazing difference in Davis Square mm. um, from when I was a teenager, which you would never go there to someplace that you want to go to. Yeah. A transportation makes that difference; it changes it, yeah. it gives people a streetscape that it didn't have before.
0: Yeah. Any concerns or like, are there anything that's like giving people pause about the Green Line coming to Medford?
1: I think the uncertainty of the noise, um, I think that people feel uh, that there might be some noise issues. What we had recommended and we actually advocated for the community liaison group is sort of a post um, monitoring of the noise, certainly in areas. If you know where Semolina is on Boston Avenue, there used to be a building there yeah. that Tufts took down. And so now it's an open sort of area. St. Clemens Road is Medford. Yeah. Tufts um, noise uh, installed noise proofing in the first six homes on St. Clements Road, but the echoing of that. So with that said, we want to make sure that there is some noise uh, monitoring that happens post to uh, alleviate. So that way we, can, we, we wanna continue this relationship. We wanna make sure that you know folks are well taken care of. If there's an issue, we need to have that open communication to make sure we can make some changes. There'll be vegetation that's going to be planted along there that supposedly will absorb it. And it's a light rail. It's not like the red line, the orange line, the blue line. It's light rails. So it's it's not as noisy. It's mm-hmm. not as heavy, uh, which is probably going to be a little bit different as far as the noise is concerned. Um, We also have been advocating to keep the 80 bus. Now, the 80 bus runs parallel. It comes from Leachmere to Arlington Center, and it runs through Somerville, Pearl Street, Medford Street, Broadway, and then Boston Avenue. We have many folks who depend on that, uh, folks who live on North Street, uh, children that go to Arlington Catholic High School. we wanna keep that bus. And there has been sort of this idea that with the Green Line, you know, we're gonna potentially take that away. So the city of Medford from our liaison working with the Green Line has been advocating to keep that and and explaining the importance and and advocating for the importance of people on North Street, people in West Medford, people in Arlington that that come to our city and also for people to show up, so.
0: It's exciting. yeah. And uh, what's the connection with parking?
1: So uh, as I said uh, early on, part of the South Method Resident Together organization was to get a resident parking program. We had a lot of people, as I said, li- we're, my proximity to my house to Davis Square Station, people would park their car and walk to Davis, um, creates a problem. We have a community of students which allow it to be vibrant, but also, also creates a lot of parking problems potentially so i have worked with folks in the community and uh, if you go to the smarto website smrto.org it gives you the procedure on how to get resident parking you can download a petition you can do this process so i've worked with a number of administrations and counselors over the years and been part of um sort of looking at this parking program and it's a little dysfunctional it's a little interesting and it needs to be tweaked a bit because of the potential GLX coming in. There are some streets, main streets, for instance, currently you can't get resident parking. So if you have street sweeping and all the streets around you have resident parking, you can't park your car on there because also the dysfunction of the current system is you have to be a resident of that street to park on that street. So. It doesn't work for everyone equally. You have people who live on small streets like Burwick Road, where there are, I think there are 20 spaces, but there are 47 resident parking. You know, in visitors, so it needs to be looked at. And and there are we we pointed out in our report this we produced a 60 page report on parking policy enforcement, which we we uh, gave to the mayor a year ago this month, um, and made those recommendations and actually had statistics about population and talked about. You know, specific streets. We identified 17 streets that had some real problems and inequities that needed to be addressed. Um, and, but also there is, you know, a growing population of folks who are, who are older, who need services, who need to have a visiting nurse. So there needs to be specific um, sort of parking needs uh, for movers, for people who just arrived that haven't had their car for a new car, for a rental car. This, the product needs to be tweaked. Mm. So we wanted to tweak this in a way that um, we, could, we could get feedback. We had over almost 1,000 people respond to our survey and we talked about what they'd like to see. So the main charge of the parking areas were the GLX area, South Medford and the Hillside area because they're most impacted from the, from the change of public transportation. Um, and, you know, for instance, our private ways, we, a private way is a private way, you cannot post a resident parking the city can't ticket on those streets. Mm-hmm. So we have 34 streets in those areas that charge area that are sort of like left on their own. So the city's responsibility really needs to step up and have policy and to help people manage this potential change. And that's really what Melango Karen looked at when she had the charge. The GLX was the area that was looked at. Um, you know, Medford, we started off with Medford's a tale of two cities. We have an urban part of Medford and we have another part that identifies with Winchester or Arlington or whatever. And, and rightly so it's it's a different topography. It's a different density. So we kind of approached it that way. What works in South Medford, Wellington, Glenwood, West Medford by the commuter rail area may not work in North Medford mm-hmm. or the states. But you you know one size does not fit all, mm-hmm. um, and we need a product. We need a parking policy that's dynamic, that changes based on need, that that takes an annual review, and sees what needs to be. It's just attention paid, mm-hmm. and it's an. Important part of our process. Um, We did not have an in-house policy before. We did not have overseeing of of anything. And so it ran amok Uh to a certain point. We point that out strongly. So we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to have these very simple growth as we go along and allow a program to be dynamic and to work with the public and to ensure that people's needs are met. And that's an important part of this. So the green line had a lot to do with finally getting this change happening, because it really is important.
0: I have a friend who lives on Princeton Street, and she, if when it snows, it's like, you know, there's some pe- like, you know, you can only be on one side of the street and she has kids. So she came over to my house before one of those snowstorms and she took an Uber because she couldn't move her car. Or she would lose her spotter. And That's like, yeah. and And we live in North Medford where There's no like restrictions really on anything nobody cares what side of the street you park on in a snowstorm really but it's yeah it's it's really interesting to think about all the different considerations for the different parts of the city.
1: Absolutely, I mean something as simple as enforcement of you know people are parking on the sidewalk they're parking the wrong way, you know it's it's. It's not the fault of people from doing that. I just don't think there has ever been any sort of idea that this is a responsibility you have. You know, how you live impacts your neighbors, mm-hmm. the decisions you make. And so this is an important part of community. It's an important part of getting the response back from people and to ensure that whatever you're presenting or providing, it's working for people. Mm. And that's an important consideration.
0: Yeah. Is this this parking program tied at all to the metered parking and the changes with that?
1: Yeah. So, yes, so we made some recommendations. We made 21 recommendations um, on our report, and nobody loves the kiosk. In fact, people hate a kiosk. And I totally understand. Um, I use an app. So park the old park mobile that you use in some of the works at network. Now we have our new pay by phone, which is the same one you have in Cambridge. So it's, it's If you drive places, you have an opportunity to use that one app, but not a lot of people, as I said, a lot of people are very comfortable getting out and putting money in or actually using your app with the indicator. So we need to up our game. We have, uh, you know, some of these kiosks have never been updated. The software has never been updated. The batteries are dying. And some of it is the communication was like 2G network. So that's no longer even available. So... If it's time to upgrade, be purposeful and look at what your options are. And convenience needs to be one of them. Longevity needs to be the second one. Part of our process, we, we actually reached out to three different vendors who do this kind of thing. We went from, from uniforms to decal to design to all of those soups to soup to milk. We handed a report and we handed resources mm-hmm. and we looked at that and we, we did surveys based on how people had responded to those particular items. So again, they were all metered. They were looking at flexibility. Um, what can be done with those meters even as something as simple as doing traffic study based on counting as passerby mm-hmm. would be helpful, um, for any planning, et cetera. So, Again, the kiosks are there. The kiosks will be phased out. That's my understanding. That was our recommendation. Um, I'm sure there'll be more on this as we go along. As you know, the parking uh, department just started. Um, mm-hmm. Faye Morrison is the new parking director. She's unbelievable. She's from Newton. Uh, she was there. She built their program. She has been just somebody who, it was just such a wonderful fit. Because she has all the equipment, she knows what she's doing, she's been there down this road, and you get a great value from that because it's your eyes are wide open. So I'm hopeful, and I know that things are sort of moving along, but with parking, you also need to have policy that works to help you manage the process. And so the policy part of that is an implementation process that's ongoing. Mm -hmm. So we're all in this sort of way of of moving forward. um, And it's really kind of exciting because it gives us an opportunity to develop it the way that we see fit and based on our needs and based on a a viable solution. And this is the opportunity that people have. So it's exciting
0: yeah and when you say the kiosks will be like well we will be losing the kiosk what will replace them would we'll just be the using your phone
1: it's still no i think they probably will go to a meter okay. kind of environment but a smart meter we those are some of the recommendations i haven't seen since the recommendation what the plans are but because the kiosk are reaching their, the end of life, <laughs> they have to be replaced. Yeah. So a practical solution had always been the convenience of a meter, what people are used to, mm-hmm. um, you know, so these are recommendations that we made. I am not in part of the planning process and what's happening, but I know that, you know, the mayor acted on the recommendations, understands what needs to be accomplished, you know, being a city councilor for 12 years before she was mayor, she's been there. There are many times I've been in traffic commission meetings with her in regards to safety. So we, we, you know, kind of gets it, um, which is great and acts upon it. So, you know, this will be, it's not, people have a hard time with change and I get that, but if they look at this as an opportunity to make it work for them, it's really gonna be a game changer.
0: Yeah. I know myself. Like when I hear, like parking really makes a difference for me if I'm going to go somewhere or not. Like the we used to live in the South End, and we had you know the parking. The resident permits are zero dollars, and I said that's because they're worthless <laughs> because we got ticketed all the time. But the convenience of being able to park really makes a difference, and so it's exciting to hear.
1: We lived in the South End for 22 years. So <laughs> how My many times was- did you
0: get towed? <laughs> My
1: office was on Clarendon Street until August of 2020. So. Oh
0: wow. Okay.
1: I brought up in Medford, so yes, I've been oh, there forever.
0: Awesome. Um, great. So uh, any other things that you want to mention or uh, things that you're working on or events that you're excited about?
1: Um, I, if we can bring up Charter Review just for a minute. Yes. So um, it's a very exciting time in Medford. Um, I get an opportunity to discuss and talk about review. Um, you know, every community has the right to review. And I think a lot of our sort of misinformation is the fact that there really hasn't been a great deal of resources available to people um, unless you have to really look for and discover. Um, having a beginning of the conversation and having a group of people who are sort of interested in working with community to, to kind of educate people on what the possibilities are. And this yeah. is not a This is not a game changer or whatever. It's just oftentimes just amendment. Something as simple as, you know, an amendment that says to the charter, every five years, you're going to review your charter. Yeah. It's not 36 years or, you know, uh, and people did a great job before and made the changes. Uh, Quite honestly, one of my first elections, if not my first in 1978, um, was for the change of charter from plan E, which is like Cambridge to plan A, which we currently have. Mm -hmm. So, and that wasn't implemented until I believe 86. So from 78 to 86, it took a little bit of time. Yeah. And just to, to get the commission and all of that. But we've looked at other communities who have made some changes with city of Melrose, for instance, made some try to review city of Somerville is doing that now with a committee and they're, incredibly resourceful they have a wonderful website they've invited us to their meetings it's a real community outreach and it's really uh, a wonderful opportunity to see how things could work possibly so.
0: yeah I went to the committee of the whole where they were talking about the home voting on the home rule petition Um, and it seems like. There were some interesting, I thought, really important comments about democracy and the importance of being able to have, you know, the people's opinions really counting. And the, it's, uh, it's, I know there's a lot of people doing really great work to try to move this forward. And it seems like, I don't know, it's, it should be easier. But it's, yeah, I think it's uh, I, I'm really like interested in the, the prospects of ward representation as being one of the outcomes that could come from charter review. And that seems like something that some people are scared
1: of. So. <laughs> but, you know, again, we, we just have to have that opportunity to have that conversation yeah. and we can't get over the threshold, but we can get over the threshold because yeah. as we're going through this process, we're learning there's other ways to sort of tackle this um, and to look at this. Uh, you know, every city has the right to review. Mm-hmm. They just do. It's a right and nobody can sort of prevent you from doing that yeah. it just doesn't work that way yeah. so you know we'll see how this goes and i'm a firm believer i right? i never i'm personally never give up i always like a challenge i think this has been a, everything you do is a challenge right it'd be wonderful if i just went to the gym and was just fantastic But that's not the case it's always <laughs> a challenge to continue and to be consistent and to do that you know um you re- we review our health we review our our financial considerations, our transportation, you know, our roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should review our government. Totally.
0: Yeah. Well, and it sounds, and just for the history, it sounds like the we've sent charter review to the to the state, and they've sort of because there wasn't strong enough support in the city council, they didn't really take it up. Is that what's happened in the
1: past? Yep, that's very true. So yes, um, Mayor Burke had submitted, um, I think it was 20, I wanna say 2017, maybe 2018, I do apologize for the dates specific, but yes, it was. And uh, it was a 4-3 vote, I believe in the city council and it went to the state and they said, they send it back. Um, we have, uh, we've done the, the work of doing the signatures to kind of bypass. over 5,000 signatures before. There's a certain percentage that we need to have of the number of voters before we can submit it. And then there's all of this gathering aspect in a pandemic, which has been difficult, but also, you know, the clerk's office has to go through all of them. Mm -hmm. And because it takes such a long period of time, people have moved, people have left, people have left, Mm -hmm. you know. So, this is the kind of an ongoing thing so you have to build in that buffer for those reasons so now potentially another five to a thousand and so we have to look at how we're going to do that and then there's the resource aspect I mean we're volunteers you know are people willing to commit two hours a week for the next 52 weeks if the hand is up then certainly but if you know it's hard people have a lot or involved with a lot of different things but we need commitment yeah. It's like everything else, right? It's a challenge, but you need a commitment to make it work, yeah. and so to go together. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, good luck. I, I hope it's. I hope it's not a much longer road. We get to.
1: We get to. We get to discover so many. You know, this is the thing that's wonderful about this. This group too. It's like we have people who are incredibly progressive, incredibly conservative, and people in the middle, and we're all walking the same direction on the same street. I mean, when yeah. does this happen?
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe daylight savings time, but beyond that, I don't. I haven't heard of anything else. Yeah. So that's exciting. And this is exciting because then you work with folks and they work with you and you accomplish something together and you no longer... Yeah. Pieces, you, you, oftentimes, you're no longer suspicious. You're like, wow, this person really has the same as me. Yeah. And it's, so it's it's sort of a way of... Really focusing people in a healthy way.
0: It's okay. the yeah it's
1: the personal opinion. It is so. like
0: the striking part about charter review that it is so there is so much of a consensus in terms like with the voters around it, and it's it is a confusing part too to me about like what's the what's the holdup here? But, yeah.
1: We have our work we have our work ahead of us, and yeah. we are, you know, I rebuilt the website just yesterday or the day before to give more options to give more information. I you know, added language translation, I it's it's so it's sort of we're building that. And, and these are the things that are important mm-hmm. to help people sort of see what we're doing and see what can what we can all do together to, to potentially review this sure. this product, we call government.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome. great. Okay. any other things that are uh, coming up for you that you want to mention?
1: Um, I'm hopeful I'm going to be on a vacation. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I, again, I'm, aware, I'm I'm available anytime at my website, my email, jfsilva at smrto.org. Um, and please email me any yeah. questions, any sort of concerns or something's happening and you, you know, if I can assist in any way. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah,
0: these seem like all, you know, all the things that you've mentioned today seem like pretty uh, complex processes, and so it's nice to have a point, per, you know, sent to know that there's somebody that we can reach out to if there are questions or concerns.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely.
0: Well, I, yeah, this feels like a good place to wrap up, um, unless there's anything else you have to mention.
1: Just get involved. Mm-hmm. Just get involved. So many things to pick from. There's so much activity. This is such a wonderful opportunity in our city. We we yeah. really have an amazing place, and it's just getting better. Yeah. So, we're just yeah. improving upon a brilliant kind of. Place. Yeah. Keep it up. That's,
0: yeah, that's certainly been one of my takeaways from doing this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Of course. Enjoy your day.
0: You too. Thanks so much to Jim Silva. Links to more information about the topics he mentions can be found in today's show notes. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And as always, if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Guys, what's the name of the podcast? Never Bites. Never Bites. <laughs> Go to